Hello folks, and isn't it great to be with you? And I thought, you know what, I'm not going to do another episode tonight. I just do not feel as motivated. I've been swimming. I am exhausted. I am exhausted. Um, It's unbelievable how exhausted I am. Um, But, you know, um, I think it's one of those where... Um, I have to, I, I just have to put my whole energy into this podcast, because if I don't, you know, what's the use, and it's like, I don't know, it's it's just like, my sister and I had a talk before, um, you'll hear later on in this podcast, I did a pre-recording earlier on, um, I'm achy, I'm sore, I'm tired, I want to go to bed, but some part of me um, I mean, I had caffeine at like four or five o'clock and um, my sister's boyfriend was going, you can't have coffee at this time. It'll blow your brains out. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> the, I'm, I'm not blaming the coffee for kind of giving me that kick um, because I've been swimming and I've been in the big pool. Um, one week we go in the big pool and the other week we get to go into the water park where the slides and rapids and all the good stuff um so basically um this week we've been in the big pool and they have the disco lights on it's a special night they do for us um special people oh i hate using that word but anyway um that's besides um i've been swimming around um one of my friends um who was on the float um i just yeah um she wanted me to um, interact with her, so I'm swimming around um, at somebody's demand, and I'm sort of like, well, I'll tell you what, I'll pull you around on the float with me and do a few lengths, because, you know, but oh boy, that is a challenge, because you're swimming with one hand, pulling the float with the other, and you're kicking with all might to get that float going, and, you know, and the person on the float's like moving around a lot, and it's like, oh! And you trying to sort of, and then she wanted to go to my mate, so I'm like, okay, and so I sort of like, with almighty force, pushed her over to my mate, and didn't realise how much work I'd actually done. My heart was actually going ba bum ba bum ba bum ba bum, but anyways, um, and I had a bit of a kick about in the sports hall, so um, my my energy's just been pushed to the max uh, on a Friday night. I don't know where it comes from. Um, and I come home and I thought, my energy's run out, I'm about to crash. And I realised, oh no, um, and I'm running around uh, because I'm like my laptop, plug my laptop in, try to check if iTunes works. Uh, there's all that really good stuff. And now I'm sat here with sore arms um, and kind of talking to you guys about how much energy I don't have left. Oh! Um... It's great because I get to do a bit of thought dumping. Um, and so, yeah. So I kind of feel a bit undermotivated, but, you know, um, it's like people saying, Stephen, you should really give yourself a kick up the ass and do this podcast. And so there I have it. I've done it. I've, been, I've kicked myself up the ass and I'm doing the podcast. And I think... Um, in this podcast, 
we're going to talk about positive energy, dreams, all the really good stuff. But I thought I would talk about something in the intro. Um, I want to talk about how God uses us. Because I think if I put a bit of spirituality in these podcasts, then maybe um, people will listen to them. In fact, it's strange because these podcasts, the most listened to episodes are the ones where I go really deep. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go really deep now. I want to talk about God, how God uses us um, in a strange way. How God uses us without knowing that we're being used by God. I, I think um, that's something that I want to start talking about in this podcast. Because I am not one of these people that rams the Bible down people's throats. But from my own personal experience, um, something happened to me. It was a personal experience. It was like one of those experiences where it it had to happen for a reason. It was It was one of those things. I got lost in town. Uh, the sun was blurry. Uh, it was quite blurry sunshine. I couldn't find the crossing. I accidentally went across another crossing and I was busy talking to someone. Anyway, I managed to get on East Bank Street and somebody was going, oh, yeah, uh, do you know where you are? You're on East Bank Street, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, I've just walked past Subway. So I crossed the road. And then I crossed the other road and I went through the Cambridge Walks. And I bumped into a friend who I've not spoke to for ages. She's there doing her art workshops and we got talking. And um, I was asking her about Anton, a friend of ours. And I found out he he um, he lost his sight last year. I'm not going to say how he lost his sight. And I just thought, whoa. And it took me a while. It took me till I got to the changing rooms took me till I sat down and I was getting undressed and I thought wow that's really weird I thought and I started getting kind of worried for a friend you know because he was really it was like real talent I thought how much shock's he in so I haven't messaged him yet but I'm going to message him on Facebook because I've got him on Facebook so I'm going to message him on Facebook with a nice message saying hi Anton haven't heard from you in ages man how are you going um, how are things with you basically and then um, I'm gonna hopefully try and bring the conversation round to where he sort of tells me with, without knowing uh, because when you lose your sight it's a worrying thing and you know um, so God uses us in that way another way I felt really under motivated um, I had a stomach ache the day before and a couple of days of feeling really exhausted and I wanted to be motivated again. And I started watching religious videos. There was a guy called Joel Esteem on YouTube and I've been watching his videos and he's made me more motivated than ever. Um, but I'm not as motivated as I should be. Um, I have a book which I want to finish. I've got so many things I want to do, get done. I just don't do them. It's just my pure lazy, uh, play it pure laziness. But I think I forget how God uses us in a way. And I 
okay, the devil does use people, but so does God, without realizing. And the best way is, like, it's strange because I kind of knew something was in the air that day. I kind of knew something. But, I mean, I, I knew something else was in the air, actually, but I don't know what that is. I've not worked that out totally yet. Um, but, you know, um, it's strange. But I don't, like I say, I don't bash about the Bible or anything. I do these podcasts and that's about it. Right, I'm going to um, go on to talk about positive and negative energy. And then we're going to talk about dreams and rules and imagination. I think that's how we're going to do it. And yeah. So I have briefly I've discussed this on the hidden corner about my imaginary friends. I suggest you pop over there and check out that. Um if you've already subscribed then there is an episode on the imaginary friends. Um I'm with imaginary Andy at the moment. But I want to talk to you about the best technology that's ever it's better than cloud computing it's better than robots it's better than um there was an article called we're safe from robots i've actually done one like that on magic silver room um and which is a facebook page for and I, i've actually put that in the in the show notes um so, I just want to talk about imagination, how it's a fantastic tool. Imagination, right, folks, is like, it's, it's a hard thing to explain. It really is a hard thing to explain. There are various definitions of it, but... Imagination is the one tool that helps you create. It helps you be more creative than ever. Without imagination, there would be no Harry Potter. There'd be no Star Wars. There would be no Disney. There would be no SpongeBob. There would be no Rugrats. There would be no Tom and Jerry. There would be no Bugs Bunny, Roger Rabbit. There would be no Powerpuff Girls. There would be no um, Buffet the Vampire Slayer. Um, There would be all of them that I've just mentioned. But obviously, what about a book that you're writing at the moment? 
Now, I've mentioned in previous episodes uh, on the Here and the Hidden Corner that there are no rules in dreams. And imagination is the one thing that has no rules and laws. As long as you're not using your imagination to uh, break the law, like there has been in uh, previous attempts, and I will do an episode on that, uh, where people have used their imagination to break the law. It's called fakery. Uh, which I, I always think fake is a swear word. It's a four-letter word. Work it out. F-A-K-E. Now, we all know there's another word that end, uh, starts in F and ends in K. Um, and I think that's just as bad as the word fake. Now, fake is, is not a swear word. Um, otherwise, I wouldn't be saying it. But it's not really a word I tend to use um, and a lot of creatives don't tend to use that word either because they're not breaking the law doing what they're doing and they're not using anything to break the law. Um, but if you are, I don't know, if you are writing a book and you are, um, you're writing a cyber, a, you're writing a, a cyberpunk novel and you don't know you're in a city where you don't know who runs it um you are the person that runs it um is above everything is above the government is above the law is basically above everybody and they organize a mass shooting or something like that um, and there's nobody around. That's, you know, that's like where a lot of cyberpunk imagination or you are, say, writing about somebody like Freddy Krueger. Um, and, you know, obviously Freddy Krueger comes from dreams. And I am going to discuss dreams again in this podcast uh, because um, it's like the conscious and the subconscious. And Freddy Krueger is like... If there was supposed to be conspiracy behind um, any of um, Wes Craven's Freddy Krueger... Nightmare on Elm Street, it would be that Freddy Krueger represents our subconscious minds. Um, he knows everything about us. That's our subconscious. Your subconscious knows everything about you, even in the waking world. And the one thing that we tend to, when we wake up, we tend to forget our dreams or try and forget our dreams. Um, we tend to we don't want to figure out what's gone on our, on our dreams um, without realising that the dreams we have guide us or we tend to not realise it or think about it. Um, it tends to be an experience that most of us brush away, but when we're in the dream world, we can literally do anything we want. Um, when we're in the 
when we're in the wake, the wake world or whatever you want to call it. Um, you have to sort of think about the laws set by society. Uh, you have to respect all of that. And that's when, you know, dreams are non-political and your imagination should be the same. Even if you have a heavy political imagination, it shouldn't, um, it shouldn't really be political, really. Your imagination should just do whatever it needs to do. Um, and I just think I would really love to um, say that your imagination is the best technology allowed. Because you could, you could imagine anything. And that could be the next Harry Potter or Star Wars or anything on those lines. You know? Um, I mean, before I saw Freddy Krueger, before I saw Freddy Krueger, before I saw Nightmare on Elm Street, um, I had a few experiences that were like the Freddy Krueger experience. I didn't actually get killed, otherwise I'd be talking to you now. But um, I really did think, what if I do get killed in a dream? I, I used to think that, and... Um, I knew nothing about sleep paralysis or anything. And I grew up and I learned about sleep paralysis and I was able to deal with ah. And um, I'm going to make an episode just entirely on ah and the dream world versus the real world, uh, sleep paralysis and what you can do. Um, because that time period where... Um, you know, hours around. And I told my one of my sisters, I told one of my sisters about it. And she was like, wow. And then I, I've told people before about the Freddy Krueger films and the, um, the R. And, and honest to goodness, when I watch those films now, I, I laugh at them. I'd, seriously, I find them more... I find I probably find Freddy Krueger less scary than anybody because um, Freddy Krueger was it's like an experience I had, but it was all the some of it was like a parody on experiences that I had um, because. Uh, one of the experiences I had um, in Nightmare on Elm Street 4, the loop sequence, um, it always happens when we want to go to the toilet. Um, you know, you'll go to the toilet, you'll want to wee, you'll wake up, want to wee, and you'll go to sleep. Some people do actually wet the bed through that, but I don't. 
Um, but there was one time when I was in that loop sequence. Um, and, excuse me, there was one dream where I would put me in a loop. And the loop was... Um, how did it go? So the dream would start, for example, if there was one dream where I used to have my cassette recorder um, and if I dreamt about my cassette recorder, it was a dream, it was a dream that always felt real. I was in that bedroom, in the loft, uh, with my cassette recorder. It was an old cassette recorder, always buzzed. Um, and when I got rid of that cassette recorder, I would still dream about that cassette recorder that I didn't have. And I knew... Once that cassette recorder went, when I knew that it was a single deck cassette recorder, it was a black cassette recorder, which my stepdad gave me. And it always buzzed because it was, um, the motor was, it had a faulty motor in the machine. Um, so it was bzzz. But I think it was like the R machine. And um, in a dream, I would go and tape R in the dream. And then I would put the tape in. And I was on every single tape. Um, and I'd have that loop of going to the tape recorder, putting the tape in, rewinding every tape. And I still have dreams where I'm in that, not, I'm always, like, I'll put a CD in the player. No, I'll put the cassettes in. And I've... That frightens me when I've got a cassette in a dream. Um, I mean, now it doesn't because um, I'll have like a mixtape or something of something really good that I've put on it. Um, but, you know, it won't be... Um, you know, like we got into CDs and DVDs. Um, I have dreamt of a DVD with R on. Um, and again, that was quite funny because he didn't come out the... Um, at the thing and that was after me accepting him I, I really want to do a full episode on R because um, R had his own rules um, and it didn't matter what happened um, it was like now um I don't have any bad dreams of R at all. Um, just because I've, I've accepted him. And sometimes you've got to accept your monsters in dreams. I've done an episode on that as well. But... Um, Voice memos, voice memos, pause, button. So folks, um, it's now time to discuss that thing again. That thing again. Yes, that thing again. <laughs> That's just be a feature on the podcast, shouldn't it? Mm. That thing again. Uh, um, I want to talk about rules in dreams. No, no I'm not going to talk about that. Um, <laughs> um, 
forgot what the hell I was going to talk about. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah, people's imagination. Um, imaginations. Now, I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about Harry Potter. Mm. And they were talking about what race Hermione should have been. Now, when I read the book, um, I imagined Hermione to be slightly... Uh, a colour of skin really didn't matter in the book. Ain't any anybody's colour of skin. The only person who I pictured that actually had a colour of skin was uh, was Voldemort. Mm. Um, and in the film, um, they always overreacted with with Voldemort, which kind of made me laugh. The first film. They did okay with Voldemort, and I think the fourth film they did fantastically. But all the other films, they made Voldemort look like, I don't know, Voldemort's supposed to be the darkest character, right? And it's like, okay, the second one, you have Tom Riddle, which you suspect... Um, Voldemort's not really a bad character in that book. If You, you think... Um, He's kind of um, pretends to be naive and everything. Um, so that's correct. But once we get to the third one, Voldemort is like, oh, hello, boys. <laughs> I'm just about to do the, uh, I'm just about to curse you all. Oh, oh, would we like, would we like a cup of tea? I'm Voldemort. I am a, I'm a bad guy, a, a, a bad wizard. Uh, I practice the the dark arts. Um, yeah, it's it's like that. And um, and again, when we got to the fifth one, we got sort of a good Voldemort. Okay, well, if you know what I mean. If you watch the films, you'll know exactly what I mean. When in the books, Voldemort is just bad through every way possible. Um, yeah. Um. But I don't know. See, books and films, it's hard to emulate what people sound like, what people look like, um, all that kind of thing. Um, it's hard to emulate that in a film. It really is. Um, and it's like... The only one that they've done it with properly is Lord of the Rings, but that's because Gandalf has got a deep voice. And they did that in the radio play. Um, So it's like when there's a radio play that follows it. Like, I think Stephen Fry... Now, I know this sounds weird, me saying this. I think Stephen Fry should have played one of the characters in Harry Potter. Hmm. Vernon, I think you should have played Vernon Dursley because when he read the, um, when he read, when he did the audio book for um, Harry Potter, 
all the um, the voices that Stephen Fry did was fantastic. Um, you know, he got it spot on. But the one that he got it more spot on was uh, Vernon Dursley. So I would have liked Stephen Fry in the films to play Vernon Dursley because it's just like, you know, it's got that gruff voice. But he's got like a deep voice, Vernon. He's not like, I don't know. I mean, they did all right in the films, Vernon Dursley. I mean, it's not really a hard character to to um, to play, really. Um, Aunt Petunia, she was a bit difficult. Um, but yeah, everybody else in that uh, in that clan, Dursley clan, they were easily to. I'd say produce. <laughs> produce! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're gonna we're just gonna produce. Oh by the way, I've got imaginary Andy with me. Oh you forgot to mention that. Yeah. If you don't know anything about my imaginary friends, go to the hidden corner where we discuss about that. Um oh I have a fantastic episode coming up with the hidden corner. Mm. So yeah, what was I discussing? Harry Potter. Harry Potter, yeah. And, do you know, right, another... Uh, oh, by the way, Severus Snape was the only other character that they got fantastically spot on. Mm. Um, because Alan Rickman, uh, God rest his soul, mm. um, played... Uh, A fantastic Severus. Mm. Um, you know. But, yeah. Mm. Um, what I'm trying to say is, someone's imagination shouldn't care what they look like. Um, in my book, I don't really discuss skin colour of any character. Because when it gets out into the into the public one I don't want to offend anybody and two um, it's not that they don't have any skin colour but really it's not important um, <laughs> it's it's not it's um, it's just not important I don't think it, it's important for that it's it's okay how tall they are um Obviously, when we get into a bit of a relationship further down in the line in the book with Bella and James. Um, but mostly, uh, my book is kind of fact playing around with fiction. I read a newspaper article. I liked that and decided to write a fictional book around that. However, I've changed that whole idea. Because Neville Street, the underground Neville Street is in... It's part of another world. Because um, <laughs> I'm redesigning the book. But at the moment, what I'm doing is... I'm kind of... Writing it all scatty. I'm getting all the bits that I want in. Um, at the moment. And then, once I'm happy with it... After Christmas... Or before Christmas... Um, it will be before Christmas. <laughs> he says... Um, I'm just going to edit it all... I'm just going to write as many pages as I can 
Um, I've decided not to have chapters. It's going to be an underground book. Um, I've decided not to have chapters. It just... Chapters... I don't know. It's like there's always a start and end point. Well, I think if people want a cliffhanger, if they've read about four to eight pages, you know, shouldn't there be a cliffhanger there? Where it's like a pause? Like a... <gasps> like a pause? Um... There doesn't really need to be any chapters. There just needs to be, you know, what's happening in the book. And I'm writing it like a journal, so... <laughs> it's not a journal, but it's... You know, a journal doesn't really have chapters. I don't really think about chapters when I write. It's it's not something I think about. It's getting the story from start to finish. It's getting the characters from one place to another. It's dealing with the scenes. It's dealing... But I personally think that what they look like in the book shouldn't really shouldn't really care it shouldn't really care because it's not important it's not if it was a romantic story uh it would be a bit more important because um it's more about it's it's the characters within depth now i'm not saying that i don't explain the characters pretty well you know, they're tall, male, slim, you know. Um, but it's like Streets of Rage, you know. Um, I think which is the fast one, which is the strong one. You know, Streets of Rage and Golden Axe. That type of uh, thing, that's the way I think. Because uh, I think, oh, well, um, the games, aren't they? Yeah, video games I used to play. And it's like, you know, um, we're so bothered now about what race each character is. Now, the trolls, they are a race, but they're not described in the book as a race because it just gets out of the way of the whole gets in see the thing is it gets in the way when you start describing characters too much um i think mm. you know race they are and everything um and the trolls some are big some are small mm. um But the book's about old technology versus new. So having those trolls in, the alien trolls, <laughs> um, they still have different things. They come from different backgrounds. Bella is a fishing trawler. She can... So she trawls her fish. Uh, Rourke is a cave troll. They all live underground. But... They all have different usages. There's Bella, Jack, and Rourke. There are more trolls, but they're you know it's the they're the three main trolls out of all of them. So yeah, Bella, she's a trawler. Um, Jack, um, he's a trawler. Um, uh, no, Jack is, Rourke's a cave troll, and Jack is a, um, well, Jack was 
a mountain troll. Was. Uh, but he was a forest troll. He's mixed between two tribes. Not races. We didn't trolls like aren't different races. They're more from, from like different tribes. So they eat different food and they probably speak different languages and they probably understand. Even though they're the same. Oh, this is this is really <laughs> Where have we gone down? It's like they're they're from different things, but they just they don't like new technology. There are internet trolls, which we get into later on in the book. Mm. Um, and the uh, kind of electronic trolls, which have been built by the hackers. Robotic trolls. Well, they're not robotic, but they're made from troll parts. So they're part troll, part robot. Like a side troll. Like a side, Yeah, well... Mm, cyborg troll. <laughs> well, no, because... Um, trolls aren't even human. Um, one gets turned into a human, I guess. But she doesn't feel comfortable with that aspect. Hey, it's a bit um, tricky to explain. You've got one human that spies on the trolls. Yeah, Phil King. I wanted to have him like a, a Lord, a Lord Haw Haw type character. Um, yeah. He's like uh, Phil King in the book understands our world. Well, he owns it. <laughs> You'd have to understand somebody who owns a world, wouldn't you? Yeah, he, he runs, he runs the world. But he technically... Well, he doesn't technically run it, but he technically... Roam, I can't speak. He technically runs a couple of things. But he doesn't want to understand what happens within them, if that makes any sense. So Phil King's like, yeah, I, I know this is happening, but I don't want, I don't want it to happen. <laughs> That's the Phil King character. Um... You know, there's a few Southport people in the book. Um, there's Z Parry, who was a dear friend of mine. Um, she is a hermaphrodite in real life. Uh, but in the book, she's a princess. Because <laughs> I found that the name Z, or I was told the name Z, meant princess. So yeah, Z Parry is in the book. And if anybody wants to know, she is not a troll. She's not a hacker. She is like... Uh, she's a princess. Um, and somebody tries to poison her in the book. Uh, but I can't tell you any more on that. Someone tries to poison her. Oh, yes. Um, because apparently Phil King's wife in real life... Uh, from what I was told by Z Parry, um, she actually had a piece of glass in her wine. Mm. Uh, but in the book, it's not glass; it's something else. Mm. So yeah, she, someone tries to poison her. But in the book, she knows that someone's trying to poison her. So it's it's one of them. Mm. It's one of them. Someone knows. Someone 
is basically trying to poison the princess. But it doesn't work. Mm. It doesn't work. It's, we'll say that much. It does not work. Do not try and poison princesses in my book. <laughs> What's so there's a princess? There's one princess, yeah. And there's one... Well, there's one king and queen. Uh, you'll find all that out in the book. Mm. Um, because the, there's a there's a battle. Um and I think it's more interesting when you bring like a king and queen and prince and princess. I think it's sort of interesting when you bring those types of people into the book. Mm. Royals. Royals. Mm. Yeah. I mean. I don't know. But there's like Lord and Lady. Lord and Lady. Lord and Ladyship. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm. There's somebody who runs the hackers. Or can I... Or we, or we... Well, in the book, yes. There is somebody who runs the hackers. Mm. Um, but you don't know he runs the hackers. Because he's actually helping one of the journalists in the book. He's an explorer. But yeah, he does run the hackers in the end. He doesn't at the present, but he does do at some point in the book. Um, yeah. So, I just want lots of things to happen. I don't want to I don't want to miss something out. I don't want to go, oh, well, there was supposed to be a sword fight there. <laughs> you know, it's not like a film where they go, oh, well, in a book you don't have... Oh well, we've got this three hundred pound budget. We'd film this sword fight in a book. You can just go. We'll write this sword fight in. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Someone getting lasered to death. Write it in. <laughs> okay, Andy. We're now gonna answer a question. Mm. Um. Which I am going to talk about on the hidden corner. Was I in the Big Phil animations video? Yes, mm. I was. Um, I played the jump scare of James. Mm. Um, so if you really want the spoiler and you haven't watched Big Phil animations video yet, then there's your spoiler. Mm. It's already there. It's already there for people who wanted a spoiler. I'm going to talk about it again on the hidden corner. But uh, Big Phil Animations, we're going to talk about you properly on the Hidden Corner. Because mm. um, that's the place to talk about Big Phil Animations. But you said that Mind Mob will work with them. and We will, in good time. Mm. Um, but um, I just want to say something before I answer the big question. The question. Uh, excuse me, sir. You want it on the telephone? Ah! <laughs> Sorry, I had to do that differently, so I don't get told off for uh, branding. What you're wanted on the telephone? Yes, I'm sure, Sir Toppenhat. I'm sure, I'm sure, Sir Toppenhat uh, has always got his head stuck down the telephone all the time. <laughs> <laughs> 
Could you imagine? Well, I have my head stuck down the telephone. <laughs> oh, I c I'm so fat I can't reach the buttons. <laughs> uh, oh dear, well, I'll just ask one of my fellow trains to do it. Maybe Thomas. Maybe Thomas will help me. Um, or maybe not. Uh, I mean, Sir Top and Hat, right? Because he's got so fat over the years. <laughs> right? <laughs> he's, um, I'm surprised, right? He's the only person in the world to never, ever, ever get uh, diabetes. <laughs> yeah, you know? <laughs> I mean, he's he's literally, right, um, he tells all the trains what to do, commands them, and he tortures the trains as well. If you know right, Thomas the Tank Engine, he literally tortures the trains. When have you ever seen the trains take a break, right? Yeah, and when they don't want to get their paintwork ruined, they get stuck in tunnels. Uh, some trains have been set on fire. It's just like, you know, um, sudden death for each trains. And there's only Thomas that really cares. Um... And it's like, uh, well, I'm not going to discuss about it, but the the trains do care, I say. But um, they're all afraid of uh, Sir Toppen. But, right, I think now, right, the Fat Controller, he's never reached diabetes. No. He's never got diabetes. He's never got diabetic, right? He eats 21,000 Jaffa cakes a day. <laughs> right? Um, and he just sits there numbing on Jaffa, Jaffa cakes while he whips trains. If he doesn't want a train, he just throws it in a scrapyard and sets it on fire. <laughs> right? If he Seriously, Sir Toppen Hat, I'm sorry, sir, but uh, you're wanted on the telephone by the, uh, the, 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 the constabulary. And we'll carry on with this episode, I think. Um, so I have been asked a very serious question. Um, and that is... Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to the episode... Today, uh, at this part of the episode, I want to talk about something that is really, really, really can't get my head around. Um, you can't get your head around it. Yeah. Um, I've just been watching something on YouTube about six times. Something called The Back Rooms. Now, apparently it's something that you dream about, but then it's connected to real life. And it's not... Because well, it doesn't add up. And um, I've put it on my Facebook page. Um, I've also made a new Facebook page. Mm. Or I will have done by tonight. <laughs> I keep saying these things. But um, anyway, I've put it... I just put it on, um, on there. And um, yeah, it's called The Bat Rooms. And um, it's a creepy tour around the back rooms. But what I can't get my head around is it's an animation 
or someone's taken a picture of. Because how could you take a picture of something that happens? Or if it's something that has happened, it's just one of these things. But I can relate to something that's like that. Um, so first of all, the bat rooms, um, I'll do a little bit of explaining. The bat rooms is basically where you go through a number of rooms and then you go to the back room. Now, the bat room is obviously like the back room of a house. Um, and it's like, when I picture this, it's kind of an experience that I had, but I'll get to it in a minute. A couple of experiences I had. When you're in this room, you hear hums. Hums of light. Um, distorted hum. Um, there are machines, there are beings nothing to be interacted with. Blah, blah, blah. Um, apparently you forget yourself and all that kind of thing. The room is just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and you have to be near the exit and all that kind of thing. Now... Um, now, of course, obviously, people have found their way to the bat room and then got their way back. But apparently, the bat room—it's called that, but it's it's in a different realm. Now, if this is what I'm thinking, this is obviously an astral experience that's gone horribly wrong. Or a lucid dream that's gone horribly wrong. Or it's just somebody's nightmare. But I have had a dream where I have ended up... Um, has this got something to do with that? Yes or no? Um, but... I will be, it was in my, when I first had this experience, I was in my early 20s. <sighs> Excuse me. I'll try that again. When I first, <laughs> when I first had this experience, um, I was in my early 20s. And the dream started with me going into a house. So I could explore. And it's good to explore around in your dreams. Yeah. You could be anywhere. Could be an abandoned place. Could be. Well, I'll come to that because that was the second experience. Well, I'm not sure if it's the second or first, but I'll come to that. So anyway. <laughs> um I was walking. Walking around this house, as you do. And it's a big house. Massive. Um it was like huge. If you can imagine a big house. Now, um, it's great when you can go in somewhere where you shouldn't be in your dream. <laughs> and um, I basically went into this. Um, I went into this room. Um, I went through a lot of rooms to get to this room. But I found this room... I found this room kind of in the basement. 
Oh no, that was my last experience I had. I'll talk about that one because that was really interesting as well. But anyway, um, I found this room somewhere in the house. I can't remember where. And when I went through it, it was really, really small. Really small. Well, it wasn't really small, but it wasn't really big. But never overestimate the size of a room in a dream. Seriously, I'm being deadly serious. This room grew. And I mean, it like just naturally grew. It went from being small one minute to being the size of a field. Right? And if anyone knows how big a field is, it just went on. It was like this room was being, you know, every step you took, the room grew. Um, there wasn't anything in the room. You felt like you shouldn't have been in the room. Um, I'm trying to think what was in it. Um, <laughs> there was... I felt like there, there was there was something in there. I'm not exactly sure what it was. Didn't see the shape or anything. Um, and I managed to find the door and get out. Um, and then the next time I had this experience, the second time I had this experience, or third time, I can't remember, was when I was in a building and I walked down a corridor. Now, corridors in dreams, beware of them. I'll, I'll do an episode. Oh, so much I've got to do. <laughs> so, I entered down this corridor. Um, I can't remember the actual building it was. I just remember it was a big building. It was a wide corridor. Very long. And there was one door that led one way. And there was one door that led another. And I decided to go through the door that led the other way. Um... So yeah, make sure that you know which door you're going through. I went through... If there's a door that pops up in a dream from nowhere and you're in a familiar place or you're in an unfamiliar place, if there's a door that just pops out from nowhere, don't go through it. Um, It could lead to somewhere you don't want to be or it could lead into another dream. I've had that before as well. Um, so anyway, I went through this door that shouldn't have been... And I ended up in this, ended up in this big room, massive. Um, it was like, um, it was just a white room. Um, oh no, that was the last experience I had actually. But anyway, I talk about it. Um, <laughs> talk about it nonetheless. Yeah. So. I'm in this, like, white room. Where there's... White light. Everything in the room is white. Even the carpet was white. And... The room was empty. And there's no way out. So I had to force myself 
to wake up out of that dream. That was the worst experience I've had of rooms in dreams. Now, I do want to talk about rooms in dreams and corridors in dreams. Um, corridors and like corridors in dreams can be um, very misleading. You might think they're a familiar place, familiar corridor. There's one dream I had where I was at school and um, the junior playroom, at the end of it, there was like a passage. You could walk all the way down. Um, you kept on going and there was a door and once you went through that door, there were two doors that led off into... I think one door led off into the play area. The other door led off... I can't remember where the other door led off, but there was like two fire doors. And then you carry on walking through double doors. Right? I do not remember... Another door... To the left of the double doors... Before you went through that little bit where there was like, you know... That little corridor where I just mentioned. And there's been times... Where a door has popped up in the wall. Like a door has just popped up from nowhere. And I've been through that door. And it's taken me to... Good places or bad places. It depends. Um, It depends how lucid you are. If you... You know, it's one of those, like, your subconscious knows. There's a door there. It's going to show you what you've done in the day, or it's going to show you um, a fun fair, or um, it might not even show you that. It might just. It might not even show you anything fun. Um, like, there was one time. I went through that door and I was in a completely different place. Um, so yeah, that happened. Um, the main corridor at school, um, there's like three doors for the dining room. I think there's four doors, three doors. Um, for the big dining room but if you get towards where the double doors are and there's another door that pops up that was always quite interesting to go through in a dream um because there's not supposed to be a door there um but yeah um so doors in dreams the the most famous one was the door in St. Teresa's Church. That was always very misleading because if you went through that, you could be back home or you could be back in college or um, you could walk from college to home. Um, so doors in dreams can be like used as portals. We can go from one place to another within a second. 
Um, but the one time I was... I've been completely lucid a few times. In a dream. So I'm trying to think of the times when I have been completely lucid. Didn't you float above the sports hall once? That was the first like. Yeah. I floated above the sports hall, and um, I wasn't even there. And actually, something that happened when I was um. When I was at home, um, I left. I, I accidentally left my phone at college. <laughs> it was in the room there at college, and so they they put it somewhere safe um, for me. But when I got back to college, they put it back in my room for me. And the night before, the day before, they put it in my room. And um, I knew when I got back, it was there. <laughs> um, what else happened? Oh, yeah. Um... Another thing that happened, I can't remember if it was in college or not, Um, No, that didn't happen in college. <laughs> um, well, we're just about done with the podcast. We are indeed. And we're just about done with it. And... We're really knackered, we are, and we're about to head off for bed. Um, and we felt that we've given people a pause for thought in these in this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, you can listen over on Spotify. Um, even though the page is called the Audio Blog, there's different uh, names that we give these podcasts. Mm. Um, if you like these podcasts, please don't forget to follow our station. Um, give us a couple of likes, give us all that jazz. Um, but me and Andy, we thought we'd wrap up this podcast with a bit of discussion. Oh, yes. And, (laughs) um, this, we thought maybe this is something that we could do when we do the MGRX uh, workshops. Oh yeah, that's coming up pretty soon. Have you told people on the 
podcast what the MGRX is? Yeah, we do um, our imaginary company, which is a web design company. Um, Mind Mob, which will be changing its name to Mind Mob Studios. Um, that'll be next year, won't it? Yes. Um, we're doing a... Well, this year, we're doing a production. Um, we're doing two productions. Oh, excuse me. No, four, but the other two don't actually count. Well, one of them doesn't actually count. Um, um, because a few things are changing. Um, well, they're not changing but we're gearing up to a few things that you know um the websites that we're working on are the building company which i work for um and stuff like that maybe we need to do an episode maybe hey do you know we could do another episode tonight yeah we could do an episode with a couple of segments maybe two or three four segments Mm. Um, maybe have a discussion in sort of like each week or something yeah but for those who don't know um, I've also got a YouTube channel which reflects what our company does or doesn't <laughs> um, but we're gearing a lot of things around to our to our business um, on the hidden corner I'm going to talk about the DJ Megatron business and um, DJ Megatron business, yes, mm. on there. Um, I'm going to do that tomorrow. Um, but all my other businesses are imaginary; they're not real. Mm. But um, Magic Silver Room is going to be real. Oh yeah, we'll be bringing that company, aren't we? Well, I don't know, because we're kind of splitting off. Um, I spoke to Adam today in an email. I don't know if he's replied or not. Um, (laughs) Oh, was that, was that the, I got a message. Um, I was, it was about half past two this afternoon. And Adam's going, he's telling me in an email I should be doing this, this and this. Yeah. Because Tuesday night, well, basically, um, Tuesday night is just podcast night for everything, uh, for our other podcasts that we run. Uh, Mind of a Burger podcast, and it'll be Magic Silver Room night too. So, (laughs) we're doing three things in one night, Um, which means that um, throughout the week we need to meet up and discuss what we're going to do disclose and in fact our first issue of magic silver room will not be on our youtube channel um why why won't it because there's a massive because um we know somebody who could put the magazine out a lot better than we can um even though it's going to have their name all over it, of Big Phil Animations. Yeah. Um, it's going to have their name written over it. But it's like the MGRX, you know, when 
when we do things for that company and um, we technically work for Big Phil now or we will be doing we will be doing <laughs> we will be doing a lot of remote work we've got a lot of companies that we're doing work for anyway we're doing work for the beer company still um, they've changed their name they have there, there's a great brewery which we've started working with and they did a beer festival this year and we did a lot of work for that um, and next year there's even more work to do for them so um, aren't we doing that the beer the beer campaign or something yeah drink more beer <laughs> drink more um, beer campaign I think um, and it's not this brewery that does it it's bigger brewery that does it but it's all these um, craft breweries um, that do it uh, if you don't know anything about anything about real beer, um, <laughs> it's it's breweries that make their own beer, um, and the brewery that the drink more beer campaign, they were a brewery that got undercut, uh, undercut, <laughs> undercut. Um, what? Oh, that was the brewery that turned up at the MGRX. They are the only brewery to turn up at the MGRX, and the reason they did it was because they sponsored them. Um, now, the problem with the MGRX is, um, they only have very few venues, I can't speak properly, very few venues where they serve alcohol at these venues. So, the, this beer, this brewery, um, had to host an MGRX at their company, at their brewery, uh, which was nice of them, um, but the, the the problem was um, it didn't happen. No, it didn't. So what happened was um, instead of Muhammad going to the mountain and the mountain going to Muhammad, <laughs> something happened. Um, and they did basically, um, they went to Meals Hall. Um, didn't they go to the Settle Inn in Botanic Gardens? No, which they could have gone there. They could have, but they didn't. Um, they went to Meals Hall and it was all a drastic outcome. What they decided to do was a... Why is this radiator still on? <laughs> Sorry, that was... Um... <laughs> so anyway... Um, they asked us... Do you remember we were going to have an MGRX at Foreshore Accountants? Oh, yeah. Anyway, the, we can't talk about that on this podcast. But that was going to happen... Anyway, it's got a long, 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 long story, long story short. Um, the MGRX conference was then moved again um, to um, somewhere in Wigan. 
somewhere in Wigan. It was the it was the the centre, the exhibition centre in Wigan. Um, and they went there. Now, the problem happened. What the problem was, the people at the MGRX didn't know they were coming. Oh, and they turned up late, didn't they? They turned up late. Um, uh, they had issues. When they got there, they had about a few beers. And what they did was they put on a bar and everything, and it was fantastic. And they served these beers. Now, they did a workshop at the at this MGRX in Wigan. Um, and they... They were asked to do a talk, strangely enough. They did a talk and everybody was blown away because this brewery, this big brewery, this big craft brewery, um, are called... Wickerfields Brewery. Now, they... I've just had the money to make to do a mobile brewery and a bar and everything. They can brew beer on the move. Um and but they were undercut. And it's thanks to people at the MGRX. Um they were saying, Can we donate? Can we donate? Well they'd already bought beers, people had already bought. And uh, people at MGRX were nodding their heads. Because usually when you donate to a company at MGRX, it's usually a company in that convention. If you are donating, it's usually towards a project that's in agreement. You can't just throw money at a project. Um, people have done. People have done. Um, so what happened was um, people were nodding their heads and going, mm, 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 mm. anyway... Um, the guy said, look, if you don't agree, um, that's fine. Uh, but the people who want to donate were, you know, more obliged to you did kind of thing. They were basically saying that if you did, if people did donate, then there's a lot that they get out of a donation. So people donated. Um to them um, and we'd done the, that small brewery we're friends of this brewery they were and they told us a us and it's like oh those my mod people <laughs> yeah we got the call from somebody from the MGRX went, said look there's somebody here they want to speak to you when when, we, when the MGRX people ring us up we get a bit worried because it's like um, they want us to do an event with them yeah, um, which is usually a bit omianari, mm. especially when it's like MGRX people. Mm. They want us to do an event. It's like, uh, why? Why can't you just do the blooming thing? Like, even if they're opening a bar, no, nobody explains anything. And anyway, um, so the, the people at the MGRX event, um, 
they spoke to... They didn't speak to me. They spoke to Tom. They did. And I was like, well, I, I don't really know. If they're going to get us to do an event, I don't know. Um, so we basically rang them up and said, look, this is a NO for now, but maybe... Oh, no, no, it's not us that want to do the event, blah, blah, this and that. So, anyway, we got hold of the company, and we said, what do you want to do? And they said, oh, could you advertise such and such a thing? I said, yeah, sure, no problem. Mm. Um, And so, the rest is history, basically. But, because they lost a lot of money... Um... Craftfields Brewery. Craftfields Brewery. Um, they did this thing called the Drink More Beer campaign. And before anybody asks, <laughs> it's nothing to do with getting drunk. No. Um, they do big up the drinking, responsible drinking. But it's trying to get people to drink more of their product so it's um making these real ales um and they did a beer festival um called the drink more beer festival um and yeah and everything's been fantastic with them so yeah Unfortunately, they can't come to our event because we don't have, we can't, we don't have a license to sell alcohol at our events. So what we've done, what we've done, get this, um, we've got a deal near that event. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, it's not on this podcast though. No, it's on the MGRX one, which is on YouTube only. Um, It is indeed. Um, but I just think, I don't know, um, I'm not sick of building things. You're not sick of building things? No. Um, I'm not sick of ordering people around, but I think the castle is coming to every single thing. So we'll keep you posted on that during these podcasts. We will indeed. Um, in fact, if you if you follow the Imaginary Friends blog on Facebook, um, there'll be loads about that, definitely, and the Mind Mob page. Yeah, just just follow the links. Um, there's there's loads of content, and in fact, um, why my Imaginary Friend Andy's here? We are doing. Um, we are doing. Well, I am doing. The Imaginary Friends Project, but I'm not going to call it that. No. Um, it sounds rubbish. Um, <laughs> um, and I want to do it. I want I want to... Um, I want to raise money through it. Um, I want to raise money um, doing this project yeah. for a group that I go to for a community that I love and I want everybody to be a part of it as well it's like a big circle um and the idea is to do a film um 
a film involving me and all my imaginary friends, including Andy. Uh, we'll be doing a series of podcasts towards the event. Um, a lot of pretend and play stuff as well. But I thought if we do these videos, we can we can make people aware. We can force people to be comfortable. <laughs> we can make them conform. We can. Um, I talked that about on the hidden corner. But there's going to be a podcast here too. Um, and there's also going to be like I think we're going to try and use, <clears throat> excuse me, enough online platforms. People have asked for a blog, but I always think a blog isn't enough. Um, so we're going to do a book in the form of a blog. Yes, it's going to be done like an internet blog. Um, because if we do that, then people can buy the book. Um, if they so want to, our bad spelling, our bad spelling, yeah. Um, and we we ju we're just gonna have real fun with it. Um, we're gonna use the Stepping Stones group because if we're gonna raise money for the Stepping Stones group, mm. uh, we can use this project and also use the group and use other people's imaginations. We might use a few real people in it. Um, we might indeed. We might even use a few people as extras. Um, we might go to real places. Um, we might do some real situations. Um, we might do a few we there's a lot of things I want to do mm. um and I want to do it in documentary feel um yeah but I also want to do it in the feel of a vlog so when people watch it they know oh it's a vlog mm. a vlog slash documentary a vlog it's it's gonna be hard because I I want to involve my family with it because they've had to live through it um whereas my friends haven't they understand things but i think your family are more close to close to the bone um <clears throat> i want i just i want i want people to i want my family in it but I also want um, a lot of me in it I'm a bit sort of me 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 I I I but <laughs> sometimes when you when you're in, when you're steering a project you have to put your whole heart and soul in and you have to live the project now I've been living this project before I even thought of this project it's one of those things it's like it's like you're walking into a circle and then you walk into another circle it's like that content. Oh, how long have we been recording for?
Sorry, but I'm I'm actually just thought dumping now. <laughs> thought diarrhea. Mm. See, if we were gonna do a vlog, right? Imaginary friends, we'd have to get some visual props, mm. like cardboard cutouts and things. Yeah. Um. Plus, we would have to get a really good animator. <laughs> and I know of a really good animator for some things. But we have to make sure that we can that they can do it on top of live footage. So, for example, I could go to Weatherspoons with you, for example. I could buy two drinks, you know, so whatever. And then we could make it look as though you know stuff like that um if like charles driving his car we could get the car animated um we could just video empty spaces and then the animator would have to draw a car and put it in the right places and stuff mm. um yeah would we have to take a picture of each scene and stuff? Oh, yeah. Um, and we'd have to do a lot of stepping stones. They'd have to be in a lot of stepping stones things as well. Um, the Salvation Army Cafe. Well, that's what I was thinking. That's where I... <clears throat> that's where I thought I could start it. Um, documentary feel. You know, you guys are interviewing me about my imaginary friends and how it all started. It'd have to be very, very heavily scripted. Um, very heavily. Um, but we put a bit of more imagination into the imagination so people understand what we're doing it for and try and put across some communication and education. Um, bit of humour, bit of drama, a bit of, bit of everything, really. Um... You know, um, and so basically, we're gonna do that. Hopefully, starting this year at some point. Um, I think it'd be cool to do it in public places because the reason being is that people don't understand uh, my imaginary friends or they don't understand my imagination and nobody understands anybody's imagination to a degree but I think the point is if we don't tell them what's real and what's imaginary um, like we do on the Facebook page then people will just have to work it out. Um, and that's what we want. We want people to work it out all the whole time. Um, I mean, they will work it out. They will find it obvious. But I think if people... If people basically, if they get it and understand it, brilliant. Um, and we're going to do, hopefully, 
try and get a DVD done that we can sell. Um, quite a few DVDs done. Yeah. Um, we release it on YouTube as well, so people can watch it for free. But we'll we'll release the DVD first. Um, yeah, because then people can buy the DVD, and then once there's enough money raised, we can pop it on YouTube. Um, you know, and hopefully people will get the gist of what we're doing. Um, people like watching vlogs don't they they kind of yeah but people like watching youtube vlogs um the day in the life of <laughs> you know and obviously if they want more um they can throw their money at the project and then we can take it to the people within the Stepping Stones community we can say, right, we, there's people want to do this. Um, do you want to do some more filming around this? Or, you know. I know I could make it go on and on and on. The Imaginary Friends blog. I could carry it on. <laughs> the Facebook page will get more love, I think. Um, and the group would get more from it, wouldn't they do? Well, the Stepping Stones would get a lot from it, yeah. Um, it would be like they would get... Um, because I find that it's easy for me to do this naturally, right, through this podcast... But when someone says, why don't you make a film or something? And I thought about it for a while. And I thought, well, let's do a pilot episode. Let's give people a taster of it. So we'll do like a taster episode, which will be free. And then we'll say, right, okay, well, now we've done the free version. Let's go in for an all DVD of it. And hopefully a book as well. Because if we publish a book and people can go, oh, okay, this is what you've imagined all along. Wow, wow, I get it. <laughs> or probably don't get it. But we're not... The book, if people get the book, we're hoping that they have got it by then. Because if you want to buy a book and you're intrigued, then I'm hoping that you will want to... You will have got it and... um you know, what's the point of purchasing a book? And you'd have to be the person that likes reading internet things. Yeah. It would be gauged at an internet audience. It would just be on paper. Um, well, I can actually publish it to Apple Books. Um, yeah. And hopefully it would get monetized. But actually, no. Because the problem with Apple Books is you could do it like a comic series of comics yeah like a magazine form yeah well it's it's gonna be like a book you know the day in life we could do it within a year and then at the end of every year we publish it and we go here we go this is what we did this year um 
you know, we could get it done in a in a in a book and get it published, um, and have it done like a journal, and people read it and they go, oh, "Wow, this is fantastic." Because I know there's people that would like to read those sort of books, and um, we could also get them published. Uh, well, we could also get them out there to people who, um, you know, um, I know there's people in the mental health industry that are always finding a reason. Yeah. So we'll stress that in in the book. But I just want it to be like an open blog, you know. Um, we could. We could rant about our own problems in there, you know. Oh, so-and-so's coming work and... <laughs> could he rant about you? <laughs> you could rant about me, yeah. Not like there's anything to rant about me in it, of course. There's a few things. Mm. Is there? Mm. Oh, well, that'll be shocked. Like, I think you're too honest. Well, not these days. I used to be too honest. Nah, not anymore. I always find when you're being too honest... Hmm. Somebody might... Sort of find something about you. you, you ooh. That's not supposed to happen. You might get rollicked for something like. No, I don't know. Hmm. Would it be like your journal or something? I don't know. I'm never really honest in my journal either. Hmm. I'm like, should I really write that down or. What thoughts should I really put in my journal? <laughs> Look, you have a journal. Yes. But I don't write in it every day. It just never happens. I remember one of your old journals that's just full of your dreams and. Oh. Well, no, it was, was it last, there's one journal where it covers like two years. Uh, no, it doesn't, it covers about four years because it was like a journal that I put down and picked up and then put down and picked up. The worst time to thought dump any time is when you're sort of out and about. And there was one time I was out and about and I was, luckily I had my braille note, it was on my braille note, it wasn't on my laptop, but I was sat there writing stuff about my friends, you know. Um, it was like... Yeah. But... I don't know. Because... 
You're not releasing your journal, are you? No, but I do. There's somebody I want to show it to. Somebody? Yeah. I don't know. I think if somebody did read my journal, they'd be shocked, but more or less relieved. <laughs> it's not all your weird dreams. Gosh, I've read half of your dreams and it's like, whoa. And when I was drunk, just all the weird stuff, right? You know, when you're drunk, you should never write in your journal. It was, I couldn't, it was one of those parts, I couldn't understand how I wrote that journal at all. Mm. Most of that stuff's a blur. Well, the beginning makes sense, mm. but it's when you get, it's when you read it quite a few pages in. I live too much in subconsciousness than consciousness. <laughs> you know, which technically, I hate living consciously um, because there's too many, like, I don't know, if if I put everything down on paper, it's all like subconsciously. Because um, all the really good stuff happens from your subconscious. Like, when you are dreaming, you are in your sub moment. I've got to be careful how I put that, but I'm sure people will know what I mean. Um, so you're, you're in another world. You're in the back room. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> you're in the back room. Well, I was thinking about that just before when I was upstairs having my drink. And I was thinking, I bet you these are experiences that people have had when they've been tripped out. They've entered a back room and it's like, you know, they've been on like DMT or... Yeah, I'm like, what? It's back room. <laughs> they've probably drawn it because how could you take a picture of something that you've dreamt? I used to try and record my... I mean, I'm going to end this podcast by saying I used to record, try and record my dreams way before we had sleep recorders. Mm. Um, yeah. Did you get any, like, 
No, just me sleeping. Didn't get anything. You should get one of those sleep talking apps and sleep recording apps. Yeah, I should. See if I get any dreams. The problem is, though, right? They won't. Re- they. The sleep recording app that I got was rubbish. Mm. I'd hate to listen to my dreams back. I really would. Mm. I wonder what it would show me. (laughs) You know. We're talking real gibberish because we're tired. (laughs) But we're just going to keep going and seeing how weird this gets. Mm. I did trip out once um, when I was tired. I was seeing... I seen stars. But I also saw animals. I'm like, Sophie, I'm tripping out here. Was it a brilliant experience? It was, I'm like. I need another cam. <laughs> oh, because she kept on, you know, my friend, when I used to go up to Harrogate, she used to keep me up awake trying to, she used to be talking about her. So I'm, I'm trying to go to sleep here, woman. <laughs> but we should just see how weird this gets, because I, I know the tighter I get, the weird this will get. If we start talking about unicorns. Oh, goodness grief.